and co-host Michelle Bader Eber Soul. How's it going, Michelle? It's See that? To, I'm so you talented. Have to say it like that every time. No, but I just had to get out one correct one. You know. Hey, this is three weeks in a row that we've been struggling with my last name. Yes. That's okay. That's cool. We all have our own timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm talented. So, anyways, how have you been? What's been up with you? Good. So, like, we just got back last night from Boise. It was very, very, very fun and, like, jam-packed. Okay, so first of all, okay, so that's where my best friend and her husband and their family live. Um, and her husband is actually the one who officiated our wedding. And so Joel oh, nice. knows them and was excited to go see them. We used to go see them every summer. So, anyways, we had this dilemma we could not solve. We have six people. Every car has five people. And renting one was super expensive. We, Joel thought of flying us there, but then we'd have to rent one. Anyways, Joel had this brilliant idea. He's like, why don't you fly early and I'll drive the kids? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so he drove them. I went on a plane. I was there in, it was a 56-minute flight. And I hung out with Deborah at the pool all day while they were driving. And it was amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you call them and you're like, where are you at, Slowpoke? I'm already no, here. I mean, I would just follow him on Life 360 and, you know. That's yeah, awesome. Every once in a while. So that was pretty amazing to just fly there and then spend the whole day with Deborah. And then they got there late afternoon. So that was um, his brilliant idea, which I was like, yes, I love that idea. I mean, I came back with them because uh, Grady, his son, flew out from there. So we didn't have him on the way home. So on the way home, I drove with them. So while we were there, we went whitewater rafting, which was amazing. Nice. I even did what they call ride the bull. You get on the front of the whitewater rafting thing and you're like, ride the bull. That's where they, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're the one that gets bounced, right? Or yes, something and like I that? Fell okay. Straight backwards. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was really, really fun. All the kids had a great time. Um, let's see what else do we Water park we went to. We went to a penitentiary. <laughs> like all kinds of random stuff. No trip is complete without it. I know. It was kind of like the last day, and we had these free passes to go to this garden, which was not great. It was like every flower was dead. It was not pretty. But next door to it, and the kids were hating it, it was like 102 degrees, and they like literally hated it. But there was a penitentiary next door, so that was a little more interesting, and we were like, the lesson here is obey the law. Like, you don't want to be put in a penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's generally and, uh, that not was, a good but, thing. I mean, I could go on and on. We like we did so many fun things. Oh, and uh, Deborah and I saw, and my kids saw the Barbie movie, and uh, I thought it was hilarious. I personally don't recommend it for little kids. Like, it's PG-13 for a reason. So, anyways, I'm not going to get all into that because people are going to be like, uh-uh, you shouldn't see it. But we personally liked it and had fun. <laughs> um, and we got to take a picture in a Barbie box, and it was really fun. Uh, let's see what else. It was just That's a good awesome. time. It was a I, good time. I uh, am not going to see the Barbie movie. So, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend it for your kids. Like, it's difference not... of opinions. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And it's, I, in my opinion, each his own. Like, but I wouldn't probably take kids under 10 or 13. Or yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah, it's like adult humor. Um, oh, okay. But it, we had a good time. I mean, there's like some women empowerment things. I mean, Deborah like loved it. So it was it was really I think aimed at women in their 40s. Like there's okay. like mom things and like okay. just tired of being a mom. Nobody appreciates me. And we're like yes. So, anyways, <laughs> everyone That's listening, cool. you go make your own decision. Please don't don't hold me to the Barbie movie. Anyways, that was something <laughs> fun we did, and just like it was great. Like I had so much fun with the family. We were at an Airbnb. And just time with Deborah's family and just hanging out. So that's my long story. That's what awesome. I've been doing in the last five days and just loved the quality time with, you know, Joel and the kids and everything. And it was great. So tell me about you. That's super cool. Well, I, uh, I don't have a whole lot to report. I've been just, you know, working. Um, my kids have been going to camp, doing their thing. I do have one huge piece of news to report. Um, so... I was having trouble with my phone yes. and I called tech support because uh, Tina was Tina and her daughter were both not getting my text messages. Other people were, but they were not. So oh. it seemed to be a problem isolated to my phone texting to iPhones. Oh, so okay. I called tech support and the guy gets on the phone. He's, he's like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Just iPhones. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, wait, what kind of phone do you have? And I said, it's a Galaxy S21. He's like, oh, OK, hold on. And so he's like, and can you give me this number? And so I'm going into all the software trying to pull yeah. out these numbers for him. And he's like, okay, okay, I think I know what's wrong. And then he's like, so 
He's like, just give me, just give me a second here. If it disconnects, it might disconnect when I do this. Um, I'll give you a call right back though. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So he's like, all right, here we go. Click. My phone dies. My what? network completely shut down. What? Like everything went away on my phone. I couldn't do anything. And I couldn't call. I couldn't use Wi-Fi calling to call the guy back. Like it totally. Yeah. I'll wow. hold on. I have to filter what I'm about to say because it was really frustrating. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> so I went down to the Verizon store and they spent an hour looking at my phone and said, yeah, man, like. Get an iPhone. He pretty much, uh, <laughs> it's like he pulled your phone out of existence. That's and weird. I was like, okay. And so they ended up giving me a really good discount on a yeah, new they phone. Should, he ruined and phone. so, you know, Tina's been, you know, teasing me for a long time that I have an Android and they're far yes. inferior. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to surprise her. I'm going to make her super happy right now. And so I was like, hey, does that same discount, does it apply if I get an iPhone? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it does. And so I was like, all right. So I made the switch. Nice. And uh, this pains me to say, I have to say it in front of the world. It's better. iPhones are better. Yes, they are. They're better. It's 100%. way better. I, I love know. it. It's seriously. I know, right? <laughs> so, I know, right? I, I, I do. I do love years. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Everybody, 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 everybody I know has been telling me that I need an iPhone. And every time I'm in a group chat, it's like, oh, Mark can't uh-huh. ha ha the comments. Like, you know. I know. So I about fell over when I texted you and it was blue today. I, I don't even see. I'm so new. I don't even You're like, you have an iPhone. I'm like, how the heck did you know? <laughs> because if people have iPhones, it's blue. If they don't, it's green. So you've been green the whole time I've known you. And then it was blue. And now I'm cool. And it was so like, what? Tina's and it super happy. Yep, I, I've been using that on everybody. Learning. I'm yep. like, I'm just ha haing and harding everything. This and is now, how I roll now. Now you guys can FaceTime. Yeah, we like, do. And it is FaceTime. so much. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal because uh, we already did like Messenger yeah. video chat. Oh my gosh, the first time we got on FaceTime, I was like, whoa, this is so clear and like works perfectly. No glitches, no like, you know, sometimes she'd talk and it was like, you know, like kind of the robot voice. So none of that. Um, So I just have to admit in front of the world that I was totally wrong. Tina was totally right. Yes. iPhones are way better. And so, you know. Nice. What else have you been up to besides the iPhone? I mean, that is the thing. I've been trying to figure out my iPhone. That's it. Like, I literally, (laughs) Tina's like, she texted me. She's like, can you call me? I'm like, yeah, let me figure out how. Nice. (laughs) So um, it's been taking me a while. So I've been working on that a lot, trying to figure out this phone and how to work it. But I kind of got it down now. And I'm like, man, this is so intuitive and user-friendly. I'm just telling Siri, I'm like, set an alarm for 7 a.m., please. She's like, done. I'm like, this is awesome. I know. So, you get it, I anyways, don't, I don't, you don't usually ever go back to anything else. I've had yeah, them for, since that's what they say. The original. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good stuff. so I've been I've had Android for a long time. So yeah, well, it's I'm a big switch. You. On behalf of all You're the proud listeners, of me. thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. There's so many people happy right now because they were you know one of the what kind of phone you had. One of the first things I did is I went over and gave us a little Bing five stars. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm iPhone. going on Apple Podcasts. I'm giving us right? a little Bing you can five stars. Join the world of Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. That's so, so great. Um, and then, I mean, not that it's what I've been up to, but Tina just got back from a, a vacation with her kids, which was super I fun saw for some her. Pictures. It was yeah. So cute. And I Isn't that say, awesome? I know you know this, but she's so beautiful. I know. And I'm like looking at the picture, I'm like, she looks as young as her kids. Like she's just like I, this youthful, beautiful face. You are so lucky. Yeah, such mm, a I know. Woman. I know I am. I hope and you know that. <laughs> I do know that. She is very beautiful and um I was just telling her that the other day that like her and her daughter could totally pass for sisters. That's you what know? I thought when I looked at the pictures. Like for real, like yesterday, whenever I saw them. Yeah, so. she does have a very young looking face and she is very beautiful and um I, I am extremely lucky Good. and blessed. I'm glad you know. I, I think about it every single day, honestly. Um, so um, I just wanted to add something else because I haven't been up to a whole bunch, but um, well, Tina got working. to go on a cold trip. Yeah, I have been working. Um, uh, a new so, real estate job. Yes, like yes. I've never dreamed of. You know what? I love it. I really hey, do. I do love so it. Good. I got my own office. Uh, I'm on my own schedule. I can go That's leave awesome. and pick up the kids whenever I want, drop my, you know, like everything. It's, I mean, I can go to the office at 3 a.m. 
if nice. I wanted to and work. I mean, I'm not going to drag my kids out of bed, Let's but I'm just saying, stuff. like, I have a key to the office. I can go yeah. there anytime I want. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to kind of learning more of what I'm doing. I mean, I know I know yeah. the gist of what I'm I mean, I passed all the tests and everything, but there's a there's real there's book experience and then there's yeah. real world experience. And so uh, I'm just, you know. Plugging away every day, I'm like eavesdropping on other people's phone calls. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> just trying to learn. Okay. But um, anyways, so uh, I wanted to get started into today's episode. We have a super fan with us yes. today. We have Julia Gillette. If you have been following us on Facebook for any amount of time, you've most likely seen her. Yes. Um, she comments often and likes all of our stuff and uh, has been listening for a long time. So, Julia, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here. That's I feel awesome. like I'm still trying to like realize that y'all are actually live in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. She was sharing a concern with us before the episode that she might just start listening and forget to talk. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll try to keep you um, from doing that, hopefully. <laughs> so um, Julia has been widowed since, did you say November 2021? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she's been in this club for a while, um, like the rest of us. And so we just kind of wanted to get started and see if you'd be, you know, up for telling us your story. How, how'd you meet your husband and just kind of start from there? Sure. Yes. I'd love to do that. Um, so how we met, um, we actually met in a meme group on Facebook. <laughs> Seriously, That's awesome. talking about her awesome memes. That is awesome. Yeah, we, li <laughs> we literally did. There was a um, meme Facebook group that started like during the pandemic, um, and there were like uh, there were a few people who started it, and there was a lot of um, like current day events, but also like um, um, like theological discussion sort of thing, like that went on. Um, along with the group um mm. so lots of biblical like ideas convictions um lots of those sorts of things were like part of the group so there was kind of like um a, some of the memes were based on that but also like memes about you know whatever current day political um pandemic stuff and um my husband i'm trying to remember Somehow he found out about the group, and that was, like, in the, like, early part of 2020. So kind of just mm -hmm. when the pandemic had started, um, mm -hmm. the group started during the shutdown. And so he found the Facebook group. He was from Michigan. He found the Facebook group, like, in the first couple of months of 2020. Um, I had a friend who found out about the group. Uh, I'm from Georgia. And so I had a friend who found out about the group. And um, she thought I would enjoy it. And so I joined in, like, June of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were both, like, you know, trying out this meme skill sort of thing and having fun. And, like, um, we were both in the group. Well, enough discussions happened that we sort of – you sort of got to, like, interact in, like, um, lots – like, the comment sections were usually really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so – that's kind of where we started like noticing each other like in comments and discussions and then like kind of getting into discussions between the two of us um and we noticed each other i stalked him um <laughs> <laughs> i think he stalked me too um so and we did that for like several months so from like june to october we were both in this group kind of like watching each other interacting some um and then october is when he like sent me the dm and was like hey i know this is like really weird but i've noticed you and are you like interested in getting to know like would you be interested in us getting to know each other better and um that was where it all started like mm. it was he felt that was it took a lot and it, he would talk about how crazy he thought he might be to send that first <laughs> private message. <laughs> I always told him he was the brave one, but he didn't really believe me because he thought I was the, like, so we met, he started messaging. We talked for like a month and then he flew, he flew down to Georgia and we like officially met wow. face to face in that Atlanta airport. Was oh, like, wow. so cool. and so 
he thought that like I was the brave one because I picked up this like man I never met at the airport and he got in the car with me and <laughs> Um, so that's yeah, awesome. that's, that's like how we met. I know wow. it's a little, hmm. yeah. I tell people we met online. It wasn't a dating site, but like <laughs> it happened. <laughs> you know, everybody's story is unique and that's a cool story. It, it's not, um, it's not an unheard of way to meet somebody or something, uh-huh. you know? I mean, that's how, it, how it happens, you know, you communicate yes. oh. and you get to know each other or whatever. That's super cool. And then, yes. um, how long did you guys date for? Um, so we dated for about five months before we were mm-hmm. engaged. And then, so that would have been like, so we met like officially in November of 2020. We're engaged in April of 21. So it was about five months of dating. Oh, wow. And then we had about exactly a three month engagement to our wedding in July. Wow. Oh, okay. So yeah, wow. from officially meeting in person to wedding was about nine months. That's wow. awesome. And so yes. you do that whole long distance thing too. Yes. Yes. Mm. The long like... distance. Yes, I do. Definitely. Yeah. And so hard. who moved where? That's what I was going to ask. I moved to Michigan. Um, nice. He okay. was, he was actually, he had a, he was a pastor and mm. um, he had like his own place in Michigan and I, it just made more sense. I mean, he didn't demand it of me. He thought that he was asking a lot for me to leave, move, leave job, home and everything. And so, but I felt like it made the most sense. Like it just made sense. He was a pastor and he had a place. I didn't, I was like, um, in a housing arrangement, like with, um, another sister, another two, two sisters actually. So I didn't really have, I hadn't like bought my own place yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so it did make the most sense for me to move North. So that's what I did. How, how was it getting used to those winters? (sighs) Well, it was actually, it was really hard, but I feel like I hardly have a fair opinion because, um, like I, we got married in July and I moved to Michigan in July, um, like in that summer and he died in November. So it was like, he never, and he was like an avid skier and at, like he knew how to, you know, navigate the cold North in the winter. And so he was planning to, you know, teach me all of that stuff. Um, so, like, the first winter that I was actually in Michigan was mostly without him. Um, mm-hmm. I did travel. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't in Georgia, I mean, in mm-hmm. Michigan for the entire winter. But, um, so, yeah, I don't feel like I, they're harsh and they're really, really cold. I don't really know how people, like, survive all of their lives up there. Mm-hmm. But people do it. Yeah. So. Wow. So, take us back. So, you got married. Um and then, then what? What was life like then? Um, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, like, neither of us had ever been married before. And we were kind of both, like, in the mindset of, like, is there somebody out there or is there not? Like, mm, I don't know. And we were, um, so we were both, we were actually, like, only 18 days, uh, 14 days apart. No? Okay, my birthday is June 5th. He was June 18th. Anyway, Mm -hmm. but we were like very close in age. We were both 33 when we met. Mm -hmm. And so it was like there were, we were both used to living Mm -hmm. independent single lives. So it was like a beautiful, beautiful gift to find that person to share it with and someone who like got you and just, um, there was just like an immediate connection. Um, But there was also like an adjustment. I mean, both of us, obviously, it was like married for the first time. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, was learning what does life look like when you're um, part of a team Mm -hmm. and not um, on your own. Solo, yeah. Yes. Totally. Wow. And so what what happened? Um, Well, it was COVID. Um, Mm. he, yes. So it was, he had, he had gotten sick. Like he was sick on and off several times, like after we got married leading up. So we got married in July and he was battling something. It seemed like on and off, but he, it never got like really bad. And he was never like, he never like uh, tested positive until, Mm. um, like the first part of October, he, started just getting really, really sick. And then the symptoms seemed very, um, like very typical. Um, just the high fevers, the, 
um, difficulty breathing and things like that started going on. Um, his fever was just like really, really high. And like, we couldn't hardly, I mean, even with like Tylenol, ibuprofen, things like that, it was just difficult to control. So it went on like that. Um, I took him like to clinics and different doctors and urgent care. And so we had about a week from the time that we knew that he's like seriously ill until he was admitted to the hospital. Um, mm. And in that week, it was just, it was awful. Like seeing him um, so, so sick. And um, he felt so bad for me because like I was in a new place, I was a new wife and he's like helpless and awfully sick. Mm. Um, and so he was admitted to the hospital October 14th um, and things, it was like he was holding stable, but not for very long um, and moved to ICU. And then it was October 20th or 21st, I think the 20th, that he was actually um, put on the ventilator mm. and he never came back off. Oh, um, man. And the weeks, yeah, the weeks those yeah it was just it was hell it feels hellish to talk i yeah. mean to think those were some awfully dark dark memories yeah was was he aware and i, I apologize i don't know any no. much about the ventilator was he aware what was going on and stuff i don't know for sure how much he knew there was okay. one day where his sedation seemed a little um a little less and I, um, he did respond a little bit to me with some hand squeezes. I saw some like um, expressions on his face. He squeezed my sister's hand. So there was like a little bit of response, um, but that was like the only time that I could tell that he knew. But again, I don't know. And that's, yeah. that's hard too, because I don't know what he knew or what he could hear or yes, mm. it was awful. Just awful. I feel like, go ahead. I was just going to say, was his family there too? Like, was the protocol only one person could come in or how did that work? It was actually, it was pretty complicated. His family, a number of his family members actually ended up with COVID, like right around several oh. of them tested positive. Mm. So they were actually not in the hospital a lot while he was sick. Um, I know his mom came. I'm trying to think. I can't remember if any other family members came in up until like the last day or two when he was like, they were saying like the family needs to come in then the family was coming in um but yeah with they only allowed one i'm trying to think one person and even that changed like sometimes i could take someone into the icu and they could stay outside of his room but then i could like suit up and go into him but then like protocol changed actually near the end just several days before he passed away and they're suddenly like um actually you can't go into the room anymore and oh, wow. then i was just like outside the room again um mm. but there were a few nurses who were like you know you can come in with me while i go in to do this or like i just won't say anything um so there were a few who like gave me a few moments to slip in but yeah it was like i can't really describe how mm. awful like to see that like it, when you're outside the window looking in but I think it was harder in some ways before he was intubated because that was awful when he was inside the room and I couldn't go into him and he was like so sick and not able to breathe. And he's like looking at me helplessly through the window and it's like, what do you do? Like it was, yeah, awful. Gosh, that's awful. horrible. Did you have any of your family there to support you? My my youngest sister did come up um, for the last about week, probably. Um, she flew up. Her and a niece, my niece, flew up. Um, so they were there for the last, yeah, I can't remember for sure, close to a week, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And then through his, like, the actual passing and everything, my sister, yeah. She was actually the one who went to the back with me when he coded. Gosh. So. They were they allowed you to be, were you in the room when that happened? No, I was actually, um, they had asked me <clears throat> to step out like to a waiting room. Mm -hmm. So the family had stepped out and they said his blood pressure continued to drop and they're gonna, they said like try another med or something, but we knew that like things are like very, very near the end. Um, and so we stepped out like down the hallway to a waiting room and we were just there kind of waiting to see what was going on. And then, um, 
they called code blue for his room number in the ICU. Um, Mm. And then, yeah, we sat there in the waiting room, you know, everyone rushing by and um, I knew it was him. And then Mm. in a little bit, um, one of the nurses came out to get, she was looking for the wife and she said, I can bring one person with me. Um, And so my sister went with me and um, they let us make the call like on when, but they were not getting any response. There was no like, no coming back that they could see. And it seemed like they were doing that, like they were damaged, hurting him further um, by continuing CPR. So we just, we were like, no, just stop. Like there's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So gosh, what were, what were those? I mean, obviously devastating and all that stuff, but like, what were those first moments? Like, I mean, did it, did it, sweep over your mind that like it's over and or did you know what I mean like what were yes. the first thoughts like I can't believe this is real I'm sure and things like yes that. that's that's like definitely those thoughts of like I can't believe this just happened and one thing that was so hard is because like all of this was happening far from like familiar life to me mm. um so literally like the even the town we were in or the hospitals like all of those things were like new I I was literally like I didn't know hardly how to get anywhere yet so it was like, it felt like I was in a foreign land and the most awful thing that ever happened to me just happened. Um, but one of the things that I remember the clearest, like in the hospital, the first hours, um, we're just like, I felt so sure. I still remember my mother-in-law asking me, she said, you're going home or are you going home? She was inferring. I mean, she was implying that like, this probably means I will go back to Georgia immediately. And I just remember thinking one of the things that is like the clearest is like, I can't leave. Like, I will not leave Michigan. Like, this is the only bit of us that I have left. Um, And that is one of the things that I remember just thinking in in desperation of like, if nothing else, I won't leave. Um, So yeah. That's hard. And so you went home to your guys' home? Um, I did. I had people with me for like the first um, probably a week or two, either family that stayed with me or either family that would alternate like in and out staying with me. Um, But I, the thing of being at home by myself, it took a little while. Like it did. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I mean, because for one thing, I had just moved in. Um, How long had you been married at that point? Um, we were from wedding day. It was a little less than four months. Um, so yeah, it took a while before I could actually probably months, several months, I would say before I could like be at our home, um, and feel like I could be okay being there with just, well, I had, I did have a dog. Um, some of my family gifted me like with a a puppy just a few weeks Mm -hmm. after he died. So that helped a lot with just kind of that, like learning to be alone there because I didn't feel like completely alone. Right. Wow. Mm. So you're in a totally different place. Your husband just passed away. Walk us through like those first few weeks to a month. Like what did you, how did you survive? What did you do? It was, it was so incredibly dark. And I feel like to answer that question, I'm going to like back up a little bit because I feel like my grief journey actually started when we were like, well, a number of years before my mom passed away in 2012. And thank you. Um, I felt like I never processed that grief very well. So I kind of, I did not feel and heal like y'all tell me to all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And I ran from it too much. Like, I feel like I grieved really hard initially. And then it was kind of like, okay, I went to college, I was successful, had my career, had my, and it was like, I didn't totally run away from it. But I didn't feel like I was totally honest about the grief and like the continued healing process. Um, And then when Dylan and I started dating, we like, literally, it was within about the first month, I felt as if I hit this strange wall in our relationship when it was like in like building emotional connection and intimacy and like really opening up to someone. Um, I felt like it brought up this strange thing in me and I instinctively 
just knew that like this stuff that it's bringing up is connected to like this old grief that I had like mm. shut the door on mm. and I kind of didn't go to that part of my heart is what it felt like. Um, and so a grief and my old grief was actually like a theme in our dating. Like I started talking to Dylan about it and actually between our, like when we started dating and our engagement, I actually went through um, grief share Mm -hmm. um, yeah. like mm -hmm. processing, like the old grief of my mom, um, losing my mom and stuff like that. And like, I still remember Dylan, one of the times that I went to Michigan, he took me to a used bookstore and I brought, um, bought the book, um, a grief observed by CS Lewis. Mm, yeah. It was like on my list of books that I wanted. So like our relationship had a lot of like grief stuff mm. beginning to come up. And so in retrospect, it feels like there's almost this bizarre thing of like our dating and engagement and marriage, like through that time, there was this like preparation that was happening in a way that like, I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt <laughs> like when I lost Dylan, the biggest thing about grief was that I knew in my heart that there is no way to run from grief because I had tried it before. And it did not work. And so when I lost Dylan, I feel like that was just like one of the things that was foremost in how I approached the whole thing. And just like, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to like try to hurry, get it together. I am just going to like walk into it and be okay with calling it the horrible thing that it is. And so the first months I was, I did like, I just literally, I would say pretty much grieved full time. I mean, just yeah. in our home, spending with family, journaling. I love reading and journaling. And I did like so much of that, like in those first months. Um, and I feel like that's one of the things. And podcasts, y'all's podcast was one of the ones. I still don't know how I found it. Um, I think it was probably Googling. Mm -hmm. But that was one of podcasts and books and just not turning away from it. Um, mm, good job. That's awesome. Was like, I would say some of the things that were like, kept me the, like where I was in those first months. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did really, really struggle to just know. I felt like I really, really needed to find young widow, like young group people yeah. who knew because it felt like, is it even possible to make it through something like this? Right. Um, so yes, I was researching and finding people and stuff in those first couple months too. And that helped so much. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And then <clears throat> did you decide to move away or did you stay or? I did for a while. Yes. I stayed in Michigan for a while. And then like, I kind of came like back and forth to Georgia. Um, I spent some time in Georgia, like over some of the holidays, like following, like just in the weeks after. Um, and then I would go back to Michigan. And so I kind of came and went um for the first like he died in november until the next august i was in georgia some and in michigan more um but i had my younger sister got married like the following april so that was like really hard too and something that mm -hmm. i spent more time in georgia for then um mm -hmm. so yeah and then august of 22 which would have been um about nine months after I actually moved back to Georgia. Yeah. And I try, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just no. going to say, how was that for you? Like what it, was it helping <sighs> your, your grieving process? What was that experience like? For you so hard. So hard. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, yeah, it felt really strange in that so many of our memories and the, the bits of life that we did have were in Michigan. And so it felt like it's just another another step further away from the life that we had or anything. Um, but I felt strongly that I needed to figure out how to move forward as like on my own, but I felt like I could not really do it in Michigan where I had like, I mean, it was a new life. I did not have it. And the culture is so different and just like everything was new. So I felt like how I'm like trying to rebuild with rubble on another planet mm. is what mm. it felt like. My in-laws have been great, but they live like over an hour. 
um, from where I lived. So I didn't have like any family very close to me. Um, that makes it hard. And it, it sort of feels like you're having to accept the loss again to like move yes. away. Right. Yes. Yeah, like... It definitely has been that. Yes. And we're actually literally just Friday. Um, it had gone to like a family member and then just Friday was the closing on the property going out of the family like this last Friday. Mm. So yeah, just, it just feels like it's layers and layers of finality. That's mm. really, really hard. What was the hardest part for you about the whole situation? What, what would you, you know, we asked our last guest, Robbie said meals and like, it's all, it's different for all of us. And so I'm just curious for you, what, what was like the hardest part for you? Um, I feel like I know a lot of people talk about identity. I feel like identity was, that's, I know kind of a big general thing, but that was one of the things that left me feeling so disoriented. Um, mm. because it was like, I was used to being single and a single life was normal to me but it was like I was this person I didn't even know and so just like yeah the disoriented feeling that left me like really really um yeah just definitely feeling lost and trying to figure out like what is going on who am I um on a practical note, I don't know if I would, meals, definitely the grocery store, like, was definitely one of those places um, that I would say, on just a practical note, grocery shopping. And I see a lot of people say that, but, like, that was yeah. just, because it's like, okay, it's, I know we weren't married long, but it's like, everywhere I look, it's like, the things I see that he liked or that we would have cooked or mm. he had his own little, like, recipes he liked to make or, and it's like, what do you just buy and like take home for you like what are you even hmm. doing um so yeah that yeah that say... was that was a big one for me too um and so i was surprised to hear anybody else say that so i guess it is a pretty common thing um i thought i was kind of you know isolated in that for me it was a little different of a reason um for me it was because my wife grocery shopped and always knew what to get and what to have in stock and things like that so for me it was a little um, just not knowing what to do. Uh -huh. Um, but there are like reminders, but for me, it's, it was a lot of reminders when I would see like a clearance tag, <laughs> like, oh. I would see something on sale and, you know, anyways. Um, so, okay. So that was, yeah, that's, I mean, it's just so crazy. So the dog, the dog helped. Oh, he helped so much. Like, yes, he just having something in those first months that like needed me felt like it helped with that like and I could like give energy to like I could I was training him and I was you know like all this stuff of taking care of him that helped to just occupy my mind with something else um, and then his friendship he's just like an exuberant happy like adorable puppy so mm, that was yeah that's huge. cool he is a cockapoo oh cute yes. oh, okay so cute. yes yeah Tina's the same thing. She she got a dog and that helped her a lot. I mean, yes. obviously it doesn't, you know, yes. help to the degree that you need help, but anything to kind of lighten the load a little bit. But Michelle, don't you also have, I think you have the same kind of dogs as uh, Tina. I'm totally drawing a blank on the name right now. Labradoodles? Golden oh, Golden Doodle. Doodle. I think. Does she have a Labradoodle? Maybe hers are Golden Doodles, actually. They're, they are like half Golden they, Retriever. They look Doodle. very similar. Yeah. All yeah, y'all's dogs look so. Like. <laughs> well, and for I us, think it is, I think it is a golden doodle. It was three months before Luke died, which was a crazy time oh. to get a dog. But we knew, you know, it was like one of his last wish. He never had a dog, so it was good in that. Yes, it was very hard sometimes that he was sick and we had the dog and all of that. But it was like the best thing for me and the kids to have him afterwards too. So yes. I'm completely understanding what you're saying. It was a big distraction for all of us to have him to take care of and to play with and all of that. So I definitely, I think it's, it's very good and very therapeutic. So, okay. So you move back to Georgia. Do you, at that time, do you have like a good church family or like Christian people supporting you and surrounding you? What was your support system like? I had, when I moved back to Atlanta, I had never actually lived in Atlanta. 
Um, So from Georgia, but other parts of Georgia. So no, when I moved here, I had like a few people that I knew in the city. I actually moved back to take the job. Um, That was one of the reasons, like, I was looking to come back to Georgia, but I knew that like housing, a job, like all of that. But this position was like, like offered all of that. And um, it's my friend who started the nonprofit. So it was just kind of like this, when I was back in Georgia visiting, they asked if I would volunteer. So I came to volunteer. Um, This would have been like earlier last year. And while I was here volunteering, they were like, hey, we have a position opening. Um, And so it felt like at that point in my mind, I had pretty much come to the conclusion that like, I have to figure out how to move forward. And I really can't see that I can make it like work in Michigan. Like Mm -hmm. it just looked too massive. Um, But I hadn't really thought beyond that. And then this job like kind of fell in my lap and it felt like it was just the next step in those months of like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm headed, but it felt like it was like, okay, I have confirmation that like this gives me a job and somewhere to live and I can move back to my family closer to a lot Mm. of my family anyway. So um, that's cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, what would you say was something that helped you like, uh, you know, besides the dog, but like something yeah, I don't know, just something that helped you kind of get through it, kind of maybe something that helped you realize that you were going to survive it, you know what I mean? I would, yes, I would say, actually, I can point to something that was specific, um, the organization Never Alone Widows, I think, Michelle, have you heard mm-hmm. of them? It seems like we I had, have. like, come yeah, anyway. We, we I feel talked like I've heard about that. it, yeah, yeah, I remember yes. you talking about them. Yes. So I had, I found, I really don't know for sure how I found them. I think probably Googling. And it just so happened that like one of their conferences, like their first national conference actually was being held in the Atlanta area when I was back in Georgia visiting. So this, it was literally like, uh, not quite four months after Dylan passed away that, um, I attended that conference. And I would say that that was like a huge turning point for me. Um, to go and see and hear from widows who were either like in much the same situation that I was in um, and also seeing the organization led by widows who had such hard, hard like stories and seeing where they are. And I feel Mm. like that conference was like, I left, I had bits of hope before that. Like, I think I knew I would, I was going to be, okay probably (laughs) but that conference I there was a huge shift for me that weekend um, of just leaving with the assurance that like it can be done and it's not always going to be this dark and like I I can thrive again I'm not sure exactly how all but I see that it can be done and so that was like a huge piece of hope that like I made a huge difference in my healing journey Mm-hmm. To find people who get it, yes, and to see widows who are further along that they're okay, like that was yes, me. and that's a big yes. reason why we do what we do. Yes, we want people to see that you're gonna be okay. So yes, that's huge, huge that you found that. I know that was big to both Mark and I finding people who got it. And so yes, I'm so glad you were able to go to that conference. And then how do you feel now with your support system where you live? You live there a little bit now. Do you have a support system there that helps you? I do. Yes. I have found a church here um, in the Atlanta area. Yes. I I knew that I needed to quickly find a support system because I I knew that like where I am in my grief journey, like I need that. Um, And so I kind of just left it in the Lord's hands, started visiting churches like uh, almost immediately when I um, moved back. And I found a church that has just been um, wonderful, and I've made lots of friends there. And um, it is just, yeah, I feel like it has been a huge part of building a support system here for me. Mm-hmm. That's, That's awesome. Yes. It's crazy how God can, like, walk you through the darkest of storms. Yes. And, you know, a lot of times you don't feel it in the midst of it. But when you look back, you're like, wow, he was totally there. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. um, You know, the footprints in the sand poem. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Back and Jesus was carrying you. Yes. Like that. Were there any specific verses or songs or things that helped you through a dark period of time? Um, I would say one of the song that comes to mind 
that someone sent to me early on that has been huge, hugely helpful is the song by Jason Gray. Um, um, I thought of the name of it earlier. It's okay. <laughs> Not right now. Mm. Um, it's basically like um, saying, like, I'm going to be okay, like, some <laughs> point, but, like, right now, I'm not. Mm, and good. just, like, sit with me here, like, in the ashes is kind of, mm. and that song, I've just, like, it's, I don't feel, like, that's a song I would have connected with a lot more earlier on. I still love the song, and it's been very informative in, like, my grief journey, but um, that's not the one that, like, it's kind of, I've shifted a little bit, but in yeah. the darkest months, that was one that was so, so special. Mm, that's um, awesome. As far as, a, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ask about a verse. I feel like um, that's actually, reading the Bible has been like, not the easiest, easy. Well, reading like, is kind of off and on for me. Like, I feel like my concentration level is kind of off and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the Psalms is just like one of the places that um, I find myself connecting the most. Um, and one of the things that I've been doing, I feel lately with like some hard things that I've been going through in like relation to grief and stuff, is just Psalm 23, but like reading mm -hmm. the first verse and stopping. Like yeah. the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And just believing that he will and can and has provided what I need. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found, That's I good. found that like that, that has been helpful to like sit in that. That's good. So what would you say to a brand new widow? What advice would you give him or her, widow or widower? Um, I think one of the things I would say is just, like, don't try to make your grief look a certain way. Um, just focus on, like, letting go and feeling what you need to feel. That's good. Um, and also, That's really good. one thing that I feel like I've struggled with some um, is, like, letting the pressures of like other widows, widowers, or other people who've like faced loss. When you hear the stories of like, you know, God was so close and he was so evident and he was like so present in those, there are parts of my story that like, I do not at this point see the redemption or like it, right. it was so dark and so awful. And I feel like just not forcing yourself either to say that like, it's okay. And that like you saw God there. If, if there are, times that you didn't like just be honest about what you feel mm. and good. how certain seasons felt that's really really good that's really good i like that that's really great advice <clears throat> yeah it's it's hard sometimes to um maintain a positive mindset when you're going through so much negativity yes um so just kind of to add on to what you're saying i think it's also really important that people don't feel like you're saying like they need to perform a certain way like you know right. we've obviously mentioned before but like if you're feeling negative that's okay if you're feeling positive that's also okay yes um and uh so yeah i i was thinking about that as you were talking and it reminded me also that tina shared something with me that she got from her sister that i'd never really heard this analogy before um i wrote it down so i'd remember but um it's like a, a camera focus. So what you focus on determines on what you miss. And so it's like a camera. So if you point the camera at something, you might blur out the background and focus on the thing, but you could also focus on the background and blur out the main thing that's right in front of you. And I kind of, in my mind, I kind of viewed it a little differently also that like, so in Southern California, there's a couple beaches in particular I'm thinking of where you have a cliff on the backside of you, and then you have the ocean with the sun setting right in front of you. And you can point that camera at the cliffs and get a picture of some rocks, or you could just turn around and change your perspective and you see all the beauty. And uh, I think that's very like applicable to the widow journey is because now you don't always feel that way you don't always feel like focusing on positive things, but um, 
but it is sometimes a choice that we can make to try to see the good in any situation. And if we know that our salvation is secure, then there's still beauty in the world. And obviously, Daryl, Daryl, not Daryl. Oh my gosh. Dylan. 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 Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I knew it was wrong right when it came out. Sorry. Um, Dylan, obviously being a pastor was a believer and you know that he's in paradise. And so there, there is always, um, something to look at that you can see positivity in because we, like you've heard us say before, where he is, is where we all want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, gosh, I'm so glad that I went through this journey as a believer. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. it, it would just feel like such a train wreck to go through it, not having faith. And yes. Gosh, just, yeah. I mean, I can't even go down that road because it like, Mm-mm. you know, just the, the things that people must have to go through that don't have faith. Because we all three of us um, and, you know, most everybody listening, we always had that to hold on to that we knew where they were mm-hmm. or where they are or whatever, however you say it. But um so yeah, anyways, uh, I got a little off track there. Sorry, you know how I do. You're a listener. I just yeah. go down the rabbit trail sometimes. Uh, <laughs> thoughts. Oh, I like it. So Julia, what are your thoughts on dating again? Hmm. I feel like it's really complicated. <laughs> and the fact of, um, in some ways, it, I mean, in many ways, it feels like I just did it. Like I right. just mm. did it. And so I do think about it a lot and like, I'm like, okay, how would it be? How would it work? Um, I, yeah, I feel like there, yeah, I would have to be intentional in a way that it doesn't feel like I'm literally replaying what just happened that there would. So, but I do feel like it's something like, I do think about it. I have conversations about it. Um, I do think what it would be like, like, what would it be like to find someone again or to be married again? Um, but it just also feels like there's also a sense of the idea of like getting to know someone or dating again. It feels like just doing like casual, like it, it feels like it's really hard to be in that space of like, Mm -hmm. it kind of has to be intentional because Mm -hmm. it's like, um, the complexity of it. And I feel like that's partly what makes me think, oh, is there like, I know there are people out there who are willing, like who date widows and widowers, but I just feel like there is an aspect of like, you have to be okay with like, y'all talk about still loving your other spouse and you have to be okay with like not being intimidated by those conversations about the other spouse or whatever. Um, so it just feels like it is something that if it would be with the right person who is like open to having the conversations and open to things, um, to holding all of it. Um, I do feel like it's something I, you know, eventually would consider it's just sorry is that i'm sorry i'm all confused i'm like is that me i don't know the sounds my phone makes yet (laughs) i'm so sorry okay Um, no no problem anyway so yeah i do feel like it's something i am sort of open to but it's hard to know how to navigate i think that's awesome and very honest and i think it's good that everybody hears that because You know, all most people have heard is Michelle and I, and we were very excited to get back into the relationships that we've gotten into. And um, and so I imagine as people are listening, there's probably some people out there that heard us all excited to be with somebody again, and they didn't feel that way. And they're like, gosh, is there something wrong with me or whatever? And so I love that we are getting these different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so all of you listening can hear that, like, there's many, many different views of this and if you're not ready there's nothing wrong with you or anything Mm -hmm. um it's different for everybody we all had different experiences and different journeys and um so yeah thanks for sharing that that's that's awesome and i feel like one of the biggest things for me is like the just the kind of one of the hang-ups that i feel like is big is like how do you even start is kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the big piece Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it's, it's neat getting these different perspectives because, mm-hmm. yes. you know, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Uh, was it Kimberly? Kimberly? 
last time. Yes. Who would rather be in the armpit of a hairy bamboo? Baboon, That's the one. Exact on what she said. Yes. Then date again. So see, so she's like, no way. And then we've had people that are like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we have, well, I don't know, maybe it depends. Yeah. And you know, there's all these different. So it's okay that everybody has a different view of this. Um, it's also okay, like Tina and I, for her, she was interested in me, but she wasn't sure if she could do this. And so we went through a whole season of. She wasn't sure if she could do this. You know, she went through all the guilt and like this is hard and and it had nothing to do with me and and thankfully um for us we had this understanding of what the other one was going through and so um it was very easy for me to understand what she was saying and I didn't take it personally at all. There was nothing wrong that she still loved her husband so much that she had a hard time even holding another man's hand. And I was like, I get it. You know, and so everybody goes through a completely different journey in a different season. And so we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. We all have the same pain, mm -hmm. but it's also very different between each one of us. Even as much as we have in common, we have separate um, from, yeah, from everything, you know, from age to length of marriage to whatever. Um, because we had that guy, Dwayne, who, gosh, I can't remember now. I feel like he was married just under 40 time. years, yeah, it was really if I remember. Yeah. So yeah, I right. what he's been through is completely different than what I've been through. Even if it was the same kind of cancer, the same kind of battle, we still have very different elements. We had different relationships. And so I just – I think that's really cool. I th this is why we like getting different perspectives yes. is we want more people to feel like like you were searching for in the beginning that I just want to know that somebody else has been through this. Yeah. And so um, thanks thanks so much. We really appreciate you coming yes. on and your super fandom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that – your story is going to touch people in, like Mark said, in different ways than we could, you know, because you have a different story and you're a different age. I mean, I'm only 29, but whatever. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit younger than us and you have a different story and, you know, all the things, but you're, you're going to be able to reach people that we couldn't. So we really appreciate all that you've done by coming on mm -hmm. here it's not easy to relive the stories yes um no. but it brings like it brings light to it and it helps i know this as a, a grief recovery specialist every time you say the story again it actually helps the healing and so you did more healing today and it hopefully helps other people to be brave and to share their story in fact i'm going to give this challenge to all of you out there to share your story with someone today about mm. your husband or your wife's death because as painful as it is bringing those words to light, those memories, it helps you, t it helps to heal you. So I Definitely. encourage everybody to share it with someone safe today um, that you can relive that. I still cry sometimes when I relive, relive all of that. It brings it all back. And, and that means it's still in there, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the pain is still, so like, Jill, I don't want to embarrass you, but you're going to be on YouTube, so you're going to be famous. <laughs> but no, but I mean, you know, I could see you getting a little teary-eyed as you were talking, of course, and we could hear it in your voice and stuff like that. That means it's still in there. The pain is yeah. still in there, and so it does mm -hmm. help to talk about and to get yes. it out and stuff. So, Michelle, that's great That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Well, I am a grief recovery specialist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> could I say – oh. No, could go I ahead. Add one thing. One thing that I thought I about – the question earlier that y'all were asking, like the hardest thing, mm -hmm. I, one thing that I did think about that like, um, was probably one of the hardest things to get through, um, was the first wedding anniversary, like the first wedding anniversary mm -hmm. of like, we had the top tier of the wedding cake and we had mm -hmm. the, like all of that sort of stuff. And like, what in the world do you do with that? Mm -hmm. So that was probably yeah. one of the like hardest things to navigate. Right. Um, so anyway, I imagine yeah. how hard that, was... that would be to f just thinking, cause I, yeah. I've been married about four months, just four months in like two weeks oh, wow. and, um, just imagining like what that would be like to then be at the one year anniversary and be like, he's not here to celebrate. Mm -hmm. and so I'm so sorry for what And so sorry. Missing. What do I not know? Is like the top tier that you freeze it and then eat it on your <laughs> one year? We did not is do that... it, but. I actually is that what was, it is, though? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. I was actually not planning to. One of my friends, like, insisted that it's frozen and sent to Michigan with me. Yes. So thanks to her, we did have it. It was okay. It was like, I mean, it was okay. 
yeah, yeah. I did it was it a year first, frozen cake yeah, <laughs> my, my first wedding and then so this time i was like mm, i don't want to do it so we didn't oh. <laughs> but yeah that's everyone's got to do it once i guess <laughs> that's awesome so. i did so i didn't know that i was i kind of picked it up from the context that that's what it was but i never heard that tradition before that's yeah, pretty mm-hmm. interesting, but then it takes all the space for a whole year. And yes. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Where are you going to put all the chicken nuggets? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. So, any other questions, Mark? Um, gosh, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Just do appreciate you being here and, yes. and uh, well, you know, just being a fan of the show. Thank you. Yes. Thank you all for real. Like I spent in those first couple of months after I found y'all, I can still like in my little house in Michigan and on my long, long road trips to Georgia, I spent literally hours and hours and hours like binge listening. Mm. And it felt like that was one of, that was even before the widow's conference, but like y'all were the first context that I felt like I really had, like I found people who, got it so yes oh, y'all have been awesome. a huge part of my journey as well so thank oh, you oh that's great well that's thanks for sharing that so with good us. to hear those kind of things like we say before sometimes we just we're just talking and like, so it's good <laughs> to hear when it and we do get lots of um, emails and messages and we love hearing it um, because this just started as an idea let's do this little podcast thing and um, now just to see it two years later almost every week up uploading episodes to see that it's really starting to grow a lot and just yes. reach all of these people. And like, that's really the goal. Like mm-hmm. our goal has not been, let's make a lot of money off of this. Like, even though we're making hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars, of thousands of millions. Yeah. Lots of, lots of money. How do you start a podcast again? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's a big money maker. Um, but no, for real. Our, our goal is like, I mean, ultimately, our goal is to affect people for eternity, like to share mm-hmm. our, our, um, our love for Jesus and how he helped us through this journey, you know, and then practically here on earth, like showing people how to survive this because we were made to live life and live life abundantly from John 10, yes. 10. Like, that's what life is about. Like, God didn't allow us to go through this just so that we'd sit here and do nothing with our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we are made to thrive, not just survive. And so yes. it's really why we're passionate about this. This is why we do this week after week. And um, yeah, that's why yes. we're here. And so thank you for giving us yes. some good feedback like of that. Of course. And yeah. You're so, welcome. Uh, Mark, do you want to wrap it up in prayer? Yes. So we're obviously going to pray for you, Julia. Um, but I'm also adding this on as you kind of overheard us talking about at the beginning. We got an email that I'm hoping that in addition to praying for Julia, that all of you in the audience will um, lift up Kim here in prayer. I'm going to read her email. I just came upon your pro- your podcast and wanted to thank you so much for what you do. My husband, Chad, was killed in a car accident on June 9th of this year. I turned 47 the day after his death. I am obviously devastated and had no idea the depth of sorrow and desperation a person could go through. I am walking with God but having trouble feeling as though I'm really connecting with him. Could you please pray for me to feel God's presence and find my purpose through this pain? Thank you so much, Kim. So in addition to praying for Julia, um, I would just ask any of you, if you're listening, that you could just stop for a moment and just pray for these two um, women that are with us. Um, So I'm going to start off praying for Julia, and then I'm going to pray for Kim, and then pray us out. Anyways, um, Lord, thank you so much for this time together and for Julia just being willing to be so vulnerable and sharing her story. We really appreciate it, and we pray that it touches many hearts and many lives. Um, We'd like to pray, Lord, specifically for her that she is constantly surrounded by a network of people that are always willing to support her and love her through this and that you know she continues to find her strength and her abilities to like Michelle said, to thrive. And um, we thank you so much for walking with her in the ways that you have, and we pray that you would continue to do that. Um, And just thank you for the courage in her coming on our show today. Um, And Lord, I'd also like to lift Kim up in prayer as she is just a brand new widow in this journey and just understand so many of the things that she's feeling. And I know a lot of people in the audience do as well. And, um, Lord, I'd like to pray for you to draw close to her, for her to feel your presence, and just to sort of help her see purpose and 
spiritual strength and to regain um what she had before in some way shape or form um gosh it's so hard it's so hard to like know what to pray for for somebody so fresh in the beginning but lord i just pray that right now in this moment that you would just place your hands on her shoulders and just comfort her and let her feel your presence your mighty mighty presence and we ask all of these things in jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Well, if you liked this podcast, you if you have Apple Podcasts, like do like I us. did, <laughs> and give us a little <laughs> bing five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen, and you know it actually tells us how many listeners we have on Spotify, which is awesome. I wish there was that for for Apple too, um, but oh, isn't it across all platforms, or is that just on no, Spotify? If you look at our little anchor podcast thingy it says how many spotify listeners so there's like the downloads and then there's the spotify listeners and we learned so we're way bigger than i thought (laughs) we actually learned that we're in the top i think it's like top 50 percent like we learned that from that guy we did that interview with anyways Mm. go go share the word if you like it um you can also um i posted it on our widow goals page no widow too soon page on um facebook you can go see our we have like all the episodes like on this website i mean you can get that from podcast players anyways but we are now putting the transcripts if you are visual and you want to read it it's actually really entertaining (laughs) it has our (laughs) names and all the words we say that is on widowgoals.org backslash widow too soon i'll put that in the link too you can go to that and you can go to any of the episodes and see the transcript if you're like oh i just want to read some fun reading entertainment um and again like i shared uh the last couple times we are now under my nonprofit widow goals and what we do in widow goals is we do podcast and social media support we do um grief support so we give grief recovery we give out scholarships to widows so they can get support in their grief recovery and then we also do events which are local to me now hopefully someday national actually julia you talking about that was like man we need to get to we need to get a retreat or something going and we need to make it for widows and widowers and like have men and women speakers and like get all these people together to show them but but like yeah just it got me all excited so anyways we'll be working on that figuring out how in the world to put that together but i'd love to do that so when we get more funding for widow goals we might be able to do that um anyways i was saying all that so if you've been touched by this ministry and you want to give back to it there is a link um where you can support widow goals which is a nonprofit and a tax write-off so I think it's all the stuff I want to say. If you want to be a guest, you can email us. New email. Um, widowed too soon at widowgoals.org. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. If you just look for widow too soon. Okay, I think I covered everything. So I think thanks. you got it. Mic drop. <laughs> I got it. Mic drop. <laughs> so thanks again for being here, Julia. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank y'all for having me. Yes, and we will see you next yes. time. All right. Okay. And- oh, okay. <laughs>